0: So it's the 22nd of March, in 2022. And so we know that what enables the mind to gain freedom is the goodness that we create and the wisdom that we gain. And so this goodness, the merit uh, that we gain, the skillfulness that we do, that when we build these things, we're also abandoning unwholesome deeds at the very same time. It happens automatically. And when we do these various acts of merit, um, then this brings brightness, clarity and joy to our minds. This good karma that we create, we should create that with wisdom as well, not with delusion. And so we build up merit, we have a sense of self-sacrifice, abandoning the selfishness that's there. And we also walk on this path of developing mindfulness, and so that brightness appears within the heart, and so that the Buddha, this inner nature of awakening, can appear within our hearts. And so we all have faith in the Buddha, We can say it's like the Buddha is trying to steal this atta, the self, of us. But we think that we're the owner of ourselves. But we also know that having a self, that we need to be born. Having been born, we need to grow old, we need to get sick, and we need to die. And these are things that we know, we hear about, we see. But they haven't yet seeped into our hearts. They haven't entered in. And wisdom has yet to arise. But in order to have wisdom, we need to train our minds first. and need to cultivate mindfulness within them. We need to bring up knowledge of dukkha, the suffering, its origin, its cessation, the path leading to that cessation. And so we need to train in mindfulness. It's like when we chant, we're cultivating this mindfulness and recollection over the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha. And when we recollect the Triple Gem in this way, then the heart can become joyous, joyful in the purity of the Buddha. And so when we chant, we chant with mindfulness, and we chant with humility and faith as well. And through doing that, we are cultivating this good karma through a body speech and mind and so when we create this good karma like this we should have wisdom with us as well so during the time of the buddha the people knew that the various recluses ascetics they were aware that when we create bad karma this makes the mind hot and agitated that when we create good karma, this produces peace and coolness within the heart. But they didn't yet know the path to the ending of all suffering. This highest form of goodness, this highest form of wisdom, they weren't aware of that. But what it was the Buddha who taught this path of sila, samadhi and panya, of virtue, collectedness and wisdom, And this is very important, this Noble Eightfold Path. And so we say it's the Eightfold Path, but when we gather that inwards, then it turns into three, into Sila, Samadhi, and Panya. And so we hear about this teaching, but we haven't yet seen this truth. And that's because our mindfulness is not well established, Samadhi hasn't yet arisen, and wisdom just isn't present. Or perhaps we do have some wisdom, but it's just a small amount of wisdom. So we see how there are people who we know, and maybe some of these people were born before us, and they die before us, and some people are born before us and they die afterwards. And we see this, but what we see is it as being people who die, is a people who pass away. But we don't see it as just being elements following the course of nature. What we perceive and understand is that it's people, it's beings who die. But we should think and reflect, well where is it that people come from? And before they weren't like this, they were there in the womb. And as these bodies grow and develop, and we cling on to them as being me and mine. But they're also a source of pain. And they need to go through old age, sickness and death. And we take all of that as being a self. We cling to that as well. And so it's me that dies. It's me that's born. We cling to all of this. And so there still needs to be in that state, birth and death. But seeing the Dhamma is something that's actually easy. It's seeing this and seeing how this is truth, this is nature for things to be this way. How there's arising, there's persisting and ceasing, but there's not self there. And this is seeing the Dhamma. In order to see this, we need to have sila, samadhi and panya. And these need to come together in a harmonious state, as maga, Samaki. So some people ask, well, how is it that we know whether we've seen the Dhamma or not? and this is quite easy to answer you can see we say that there are people who haven't yet come here to what mapchan but they make the effort to travel from near and far maybe even coming from overseas and then when they come into the monastery then they see the dharma hall they see the buddha image and the jetty they see the trees and the forest and many monks around But even though they come here and they see these things, they're not able to stay and to live here because they have many duties they need to attend to back home. And so it's like that with seeing and contemplating into the body, for instance, seeing the body as just a body. And when our mindfulness is constant and connected, when samadhi is well established, then we can contemplate into the physical and mental things. These forms, seeing them as emptiness, seeing the elements within the body and seeing that as being empty. And when we see the elements as being empty, then the mind separates out from those elements, it detaches from these khandhas. And we see how they're not self. So it's like seeing the Dhamma, but we see that, but it's not yet full, it's not yet complete. And so the mind has to come back again. And this is the state of Gotarapu yana and Gotarapu jitta. And so there's insight there, there's knowledge, but it's not yet full. And we wonder, why is it that we can't just go? Why is it that we need to come back? Well, it's like coming to this monastery. Lay people come, but they can't stay because they still have duties they need to attend to. And so when we see the body like this, and sila samadhi, panya comes together, but it's not yet a complete coming together. It's not a final coming together. But there is this insight into not-self. And the things that we've doubted before for very long, they disappear. And so we can doubt about everything, all kinds of things. And we listen to the teachings of the great teachers. And they tell us that the path is here in the mind that isn't given to liking and disliking. And through listening to this and practicing in line, then this grows clearer and clearer. And eventually the mind becomes still and peaceful. And we see the body as anatta. And then here, no more doubts are left. And so at this point, then there's No need to go asking the teachers, because we see these states within ourselves. We know that um, this insight is like this, and so all our doubts disappear. But we need to have a lot of mindfulness. We need to have wisdom. We need to cultivate this virtue, and to be doing this each day. And in the end, the sila, samadhi, panya will come together and we'll see into the dharma with clarity, seeing the body as being just a body. But initially we need to have a lot of effort and persistence. We need to endure. We need to make many sacrifices. And that's so that um, the mindfulness be- can become well-established our samadhi can become firm and so the wisdom can arise. So the sila, virtue, is something that is important. Our actions of body and speech, they are important. And we need to care for them well, to be heedful around them. Because perhaps at times our mindfulness isn't so good, our samadhi isn't yet firm, and so we need to make sure our sealer is strong first. Because when our sealer is well looked after, then our mindfulness and samadhi will become better and we'll be able to contemplate through wisdom and see clearly. And when we do this and gain this clarity, then um, the path comes together. It shows that the path comes together and the, we gain this transcendent Dhamma, or we'll see this. And then we know for ourselves that going out of the world, transcending the world is like this. Seeing the Dhamma is like this. That when we see the Buddha, uh, it's like this. That seeing the Dhamma allows us to see the Buddha. And so we should all set our hearts on this trying to train our minds consistently each and every day. Because we know that we all have to leave this world and we have to throw everything that we have behind. We can't take anything with us. So therefore we should accumulate goodness, accumulate skillful deeds. In this cultivation of the mind, this is the highest goodness that we can create, but it does require our patience and endurance. And sometimes we think, well, before when I meditated my mind was peaceful, so why now is it so frantic? But as we just carry on with this training, then things will become better. The mind will become more settled. And we'll be able to take this mind to contemplate into the body, following the teachings of Venerable Ajahn Chah. How he said, to contemplate this body. How this body is something that we firmly attach to. We take it as being me and mine a self, as something beautiful. And so before I wondered, well, seeing the body as being just a body, what's that like? And seeing it as just being elements following nature. Because even though it is just these natural elements, the mind, Um, perceives it as being a being, an individual, a me, or a you. And so it sees a self there within it. But we need to change this view, change this view of self into the view of not-self. And then through that we see the Dhamma. And then after that, things aren't so hard. There's no eighth life. And... Sangsara, the cycle of birth and death, gets shorter and shorter. So this is the point that we need to try to reach, need to try to get here. And if we can pass through this first barrier, then things aren't difficult after that. If we're able to destroy this Sakaya Ditti, this self-view, then things get a lot easier. So we should try to reach this point. And it's not... Above our abilities, it's something that we're capable of doing. So may you set your heart on this.